Welcome back to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and thank you so much for joining us. Today we have, I don't think we've actually had a guest like this before. His name is Bruce Evans, and he does franchises. And you're saying, what the heck does that have to do with military service? Well, way back in the day, Bruce was a soldier. He was a dental soldier. He deployed to the Persian Gulf War, and then he got out. And he didn't know what to do with his life. I know that none of you listening were in that position and you have everything figured out. But myself, I didn't have it figured out. And so I thought I'd ask Bruce on and talk about how he made the transition from being a dental soldier to being a successful businessman. Thank you so much for joining us, Bruce. Thank you, Tyler, for having me. So, Bruce, you were in the military. And I mentioned that you were in the dental corps. Mm How did you pick that? Ooh, you know, I had a so so it was actually my junior year in high school. A wasn't sure where I wanted to go to college, what I wanted to do, and it was the summer. And a recruiter called me, and I thought to myself, "Hmm, this sounds interesting." I I had seen stripes a few times, so that that ages me right there. And I thought, "Wow, you know, this sounds like a pretty good opportunity." So I talked to the recruiter. Went down to the MEP station, took my ASVAB, and they put a list of potential jobs in front of me. And I'm scanning that list, and I see a dental assistant. And I think, hmm, that sounds interesting. So I I signed up for it. (laughs) Just like many things I've done in my life, I sort of stumbled into it. So you didn't want to grow up and be a dentist or anything. You just said, hey, that looks cool. No, no, not not at all. That's that's just, hey, that looks cool. Never a dream of mine. Nothing like that. Well, I, I did the same thing. I joined when I was a junior in high school and they gave me a big, long list. And I picked combat engineer at first. Realized very quickly I did not like pounding pickets in the ground or doing heavy construction. Right, right. And then I became a medic. Uh, behavioral science and a few other courses. So I spent a lot of time at Fort Sam Houston and I know you did as well. I, I did. I did. But, but prior to that, I was actually at Fort Carson and I thought leaving basic training and going through my initial training in San Antonio, I ended up at Fort Carson and I thought, Oh, well, I'm going to be working at Dentac. What a cushy job. Well, I ended up in the 704th main support battalion for the fourth ID. And so I, I spent a lot of time doing uh, vehicle maintenance and repairing camouflage and going down range and setting up field dental equipment. So th- that was a life that I, I didn't expect. But you're right. I did spend time at Fort Sam Houston. Absolutely loved it. Got to spend time actually working in my MOS and worked for the uh, oral and maxillofacial surgery clinic there and you know really loved it quite a bit. So then you decide, hey, the Army, I've done my time. Right. You got out. What happened? So the last uh, six months or so of my time in the military, I I really started thinking about college and started to apply. Since I was in San Antonio, I said, well, I'm going to 
why not stay here and go to UTSA? So I took my SAT, uh, went and signed up for classes at UTSA, used my GI Bill and started college in the summer of uh, 93. And for those that don't know, UTSA is University of Texas in San Antonio. Right. San Antonio is a wonderful town. Yep. But then you started working. I did. I did. So I spent five years away from home. My mom was after me to move closer to home. And so home actually wasn't that far away. It was only two hours away in Houston. So I decided I was going to move back home. And my sister had this great job waiting tables at a Papacito's restaurant and said, Bruce, you got to come do this. Oh, this is great. So I... I decided to uh, go get a job over there, started waiting tables. And I was such a bad waiter. They made me a manager, which is, that's always a a great place to be. And eventually I became a kitchen manager and the GM at that restaurant eventually got transferred to Dallas and asked me to go along with them. So I transferred to to Dallas and started college at University of North Texas. And ultimately that's where I finished school was at uh, UNT. So while you were waiting tables and going to college, did you envision a a restaurant life for yourself? No, I I, I really didn't. My career goals in college was I was a history major focusing on colonial Mexico and thought I'm going to be a professor one day working in a college, teaching classes. And that's what I was going to do. And working in a restaurant business as a kitchen manager, that's a lot of hours. I mean, you're talking 80, 90 hours a week. And I was just, I was worn out. And by the time I graduated, my fiance at the time said, we, we got to do something else. You, you need to be home. So I started uh, looking around on Monster, which was brand new at the time and happened across a job at uh, Wingstop restaurants and sent my resume in and they said, well, Mr. Evans, that role has been filled, but how about this? And that turned out to be a franchise sales position. And what they really wanted, and this turned out to be extremely beneficial for me in my career, was that they wanted somebody that understood the restaurant business, but knew nothing about franchising. And that really worked well for me and really spent a lot of time digging into and learning what franchising was all about in my early days at, at Wingstop. You started out being a dental uh, assistant in the right. Army. Right. Then you go into college, waiting tables, getting by, working a lot of hours. And then you jump into business because that is business. That is oh. not even restaurants. Yeah, right. No, that's a, that's a great point. And it really comes down to the fact that you don't often learn this until later in life is that you don't wake up one day and know what you're going to do and have a clear path to to get to that career choice or life-changing position. It really never works out that way. And so, yeah, it was it was an interesting road and and I'm doing something today ultimately that that I never in a in a million years looking back at that 18-year-old kid that went into the army that thought I would be doing something like this. And you're right. I knew nothing about business at all. And it's unfortunate because nobody's going to tell you in college, no counselor, no advisor, nobody's going to tell you to take a business class. And that's the one thing I wish I had done. And going to school, it took me seven years to graduate. So I'm not ashamed of that. But in all that time, I wish I would have taken at least one business class because for me, getting into a business like this, that was one of the most difficult challenges for me to overcome was really learning how to to read a P&L statement, learning financial statements, understanding those accounting systems. Not that I have to deal with them every day, 
But when you're having conversations with people, you have to understand, you know, how these things work, how things make money. And just that one business class would have helped a lot. But so what did you learn in the Army? Obviously, you were much more in yeah. the field than, than most dental soldiers would be. Yeah. Uh, the, the folks that get stuck out in those support battalions, because you're envisioning working in a dental <laughs> clinic and, and nine right. to five, nine to four with a two hour right. lunch. Right. And and spe- other specialists all have dental appointments every day, apparently, because they're always gone at dental. Right. Right. But then you must have learned some skills in the Army to help you make these transitions. I, I, I did. And and I, I don't think I certainly know that at that time I had no clue what I was learning. But ultimately, as I look back on those years, if I was to sum it up into one word, it's perseverance. And I'll never forget, I had uh, basic training. I was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. You're up at, you know, three or four in the morning, you're running PT and I, I step off into a pothole. So I end up about a week or two of basic in a, in a boot. And I'm thinking to myself, am I going to have to repeat basic? What's going on? Just all those unknowns, you know, that a kid, you have no clue what's going to happen. And I went to our head drill sergeant one day. I'll never forget Staff Sergeant Johnson and stood there in his office, talked to him. And I said, I don't think this is right for me. I feel like I'm going to have to, you know, redo basic training and maybe I made a bad decision. And Sergeant Johnson said to me, Evans, if you quit now, you're going to be a quitter the rest of your life. It's just going to be that much easier every time a problem comes up or something becomes difficult that you're going to quit. And I'll tell you something, Tyler, that has stuck with me my entire life. I think about that conversation every time something gets a little bit difficult or a little bit tough. And really going back to that idea of perseverance, if there's something that you don't know, or if you're having a conversation with somebody or you're sitting in a meeting and something comes up that that you don't understand, number one, ask questions. There's no stupid question. And I think sometimes people tend to think that, that well, if I, if I don't know something, I'm going to present a weakness here to other people sitting around the table. But the fact of the matter is there's probably other people at that table that don't know the answers either. So ask questions. Number two, spend time learning things. If you don't know something, if it's reading a PL statement or it's if it's business ideas or how to be better, find books, find those podcasts, any way to gain that knowledge to learn how to make yourself better. I think it's a certain degree of curiosity that you have to carry with you through your life to continue to learn, as well as a lot of people do listening today, that things are changing so fast with technology that we have to be very nimble to just to keep up with everything. So life is a constant learning experience. And I really feel like it's that curiosity, but mainly perseverance that really has helped sustain me throughout my life after the Army. And a lot of folks come out of the military and they don't know what they want to do in life. And that's what I love about your story. It's not like, I knew what I wanted to do since right. I was five. And then I went in the military to get X, Y, and Z, and then A, B, and C, and then everything worked out. Because that is not real life. And it doesn't work out that way. That's right. That's right. And and look, I, I have a I have an 18-year-old son that's that's starting college in the fall. And I feel like every day he's having a conversation with me about what his major should be. And I'm like, just stop. Stop thinking about it. Just stop worrying about it. And you're absolutely right. That is a misconception that we're taught or has been instilled in us, whether it's from our parents, peers, TV, whatever it is. That's an absolute lie. 
and it causes us to lie to ourselves. There's no reason why you should expect that you have to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life, a year out of the army, or even 10 years out of the army or military. You never know what's going to come your way. But what you have to be is you have to be open. You have to open yourself up to those opportunities and experiences that come along that truly could change your life. You're certainly not going to get lucky and there's going to be difficulties along the way, but find those things. And look, I truly believe that the most important thing is to pursue what is meaningful. Find those things that are important to you, those things that give you joy, fulfill you, and pursue those things in your life. And and ultimately, you and your family, your children are going to be so much happier and so much prosperous than if you're doing things that you just did because somebody else suggested it. Find those things that are meaningful. That is one of the most important things. And I try to stick to in my life, even today in my career, finding what's meaningful, whether it's, it's mentoring or coaching other people or my own children or spending more time with my family. Um, especially post-COVID. I think we've all realized that there's more important things in life than trying to kill ourselves to earn a dollar. But finding those things that are meaningful, are truly, those will truly cha- that'll truly change your life. So I do have a question. And how did you get in to like franchise? So they hired you to be a franchise guy. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, I have no experience in that, but I do know how to run a kitchen. That must have been a big transition. It, it was a huge transition. And, and really... It turned out that what they were looking for was somebody that understood the operational side of the rest of a restaurant, but knew nothing about franchising. And so what that means is that I was somebody that had the ability to effectively communicate what it took to run a restaurant, understanding profit and loss and understanding uh, food cost and labor and just generally the difficulties of being in the restaurant business. And along the way, what I had to do, and and this was a huge hill to overcome, was really understanding what franchising is and the relationship between franchisee and franchisor and the franchising model and the legal documents that go along with it. And which really took me a long time to really fully wrap my head around and fully be able to communicate to folks. And so I, I spent 10 years at, at almost 10 years at Wingstop restaurants. And, and during that time, I went from franchise development coordinator was my first position. Then I became a director and eventually a vice president of franchise development. But I continued to, to learn more and more about the business. And, and really what, what I found is that it's interesting because people are told sometimes to find a mentor or find somebody to to mentor you or whatever it might be. But the truth of the matter is that you can't just go, it's difficult to go out and just find somebody to mentor you. And and that's where it comes back to asking people questions. People that you're working with, you read something when a franchise disclosure document and what does this mean? Why do we do this? And finding those people that are going to spend time to give you the answers and, and help you through those things. Because truthfully, there's a lot of people out there that would be great mentors that don't think they would be a great mentor and finding those people, those keys and within any organization, somebody that's going to help you, somebody that's going to help you find answers and better understand what you're doing. That's really the key, but you're never going to find that unless you're asking questions, but you're right. It was a very difficult transition to really figure out what this whole institution is. And it's huge. When I started there, I knew 
kind of that Subway franchise or McDonald's franchise, but I really didn't know what that was. And now it's, you understand that it's a, it's an entire industry that sometimes operates under the radar of general knowledge of people out there. But I find myself today, everybody we talk to, uh, new franchise prospects, a lot of times we're educating them on franchising. So it's something I do all day long. It is certainly a different path, but I think the real takeaway is be open to new experiences and just build on the perseverance that you gained in the military and said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going, keep learning because the military pushes education and so many folks don't take advantage of that, especially with the new GI Bill, the post 9-11 GI Bill. It is absolutely amazing. The one you and I had when we first got out, the Montgomery GI Bill really paid oh, yeah. for about two, two and a half years of college, right. and it didn't pay you very much. Now they pay all the freight, all the all the books and tuition, and give you a living stipend of your base allowance for housing. So there's absolutely no excuse not to use it, but you don't necessarily have to know what you want to study when you start college. And that's that's something that I think needs to change where I go to a college and the very first day they're like, what are you majoring in? Well, it should be nothing until right. about year three. Right. And that's absolutely right. But it's also, I, th- I think, in tune with that passion piece, right? Because look, it, it, it doesn't have to be four or five years spent in academia to get that degree. I think the world has changed. And look, if your passion is HVAC, if your passion is welding, if your passion is being the guy that cleans sewers, be just be the best sewer cleaner you can possibly be. That's the thing, right? So finding what where you can make a difference and you can do something that you can really enjoy doing. Take advantage of their vocational schools. And I tell my son all the time, look, if you're passionate about welding, do it. Do it. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Take advantage of everything that you've earned as a veteran. Don't let it sit out there and not be taken advantage of. Take advantage of it. Utilize it and use it to change your life. That is fantastic advice. In fact, I often talk with other folks throughout the community and we talk about getting into the trades. And that is such a good foundation that you'll never starve. If you learn electrical, plumbing, HVAC, any of these trade positions, You can create your own business if you like, but you're never going to starve. You always have a job. And then you want to study ancient uh, hieroglyphics or whatever it is you want to go study. That's cool. But that's on top of having a job and earning capabilities. Now, if you've been in the military, you have free college. I take very little excuses about people not having time because I finished my master's and my doctorate with three kids and working full-time. So I get it, but you can do it. It's just a lot of time management and uh, late nights and Mm -hmm. early mornings. So Mm -hmm. it is definitely possible, but there's always challenges you run into. And you mentioned them about finding a mentor because, you know, all things being equal, people are going to go with somebody they know, like, or trust. Right. Right. But how do you find that person? Well, there's lots of ways. One of them is talking to people like you and go, hey, I have no interest in in opening a franchise, but I am interested in business Mm -hmm. or something like that. How did you do it? That's a fantastic question. I never found myself in a position where I was going out and searching out a mentor. 
what I did do and what I still do today is I listen. And when you're sitting in a meeting and, and you're listening to people talk, number one, never assume that you're the smartest guy in the room. And I don't want to ever be the smartest guy in the room. What I do want to take advantage of is what can I learn from the people sitting around me and how can I utilize that in my career? How can I utilize that in the daily activities that, that I'm doing and listening and paying attention and absorbing that information that those people have to offer? But look, I think if you find somebody that you trust and somebody that can mentor you and, and you get along with and maybe you're even friends in the long term, God bless you. That's phenomenal. But I think really being around people in business or sitting around the table, having a couple of beers, listening to what people are saying and listening to what they've been through and learning about whether it's their life experiences or business experiences, whatever it might be, that person that realizes that I I don't have to be the smartest person here. In fact, I don't even have to add a whole lot to this conversation, but I'm just going to sit back and listen to what people have to say. I was on a call today with... uh, a gentleman that is really sort of a superstar in the world of franchising. He's in the Hall of Fame for the International Franchise Association. And look, that's that's a guy that I just want to listen to. I want to hear what he has to say. What have his experiences been? What has he learned? What can I learn from him? And those opportunities are, are phenomenal, and, and you have to take advantage of those. So going back to your 18-year-old self, you're the junior in high school, you're just joining and they said, hey, we're going to be uh, 91 Echo or whatever it was back then to be a dental assistant in the Army. What advice would you give yourself now to your younger self then? Wow. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that I would give advice to. It's probably not appropriate for the podcast, but I would certainly say to that guy, don't set goals that are so huge that when you don't achieve them, you feel like a failure. Set goals that are meaningful and achievable and go for those. Don't And don't make assumptions about the way that life, that you think life is going to turn out because of what you've seen in a movie or read in a book or what you think it's supposed to be like because you really have no clue. And you're going to have to, it's going to take time to find out and you're going to have to get those years under your belt to really understand what's going on. Because look, I mean, truthfully, I spent time certainly through my early years where I was disappointed with things. I thought I failed somewhere. One thing is that you have all these friends that you went to high school with and they all go off to college. You go into the military and four years later, you're a freshman in college and they they graduated from college, but looking back at that guy right now, I, I certainly understand and appreciate that at 22 years old, I had a heck of a lot more life experiences than my peers did at that point in my life. And I probably should have taken more advantage of some of those skills that I had learned and really applied myself in some areas to really achieve. But but today, life is a culmination of events. And so I, I just try to build on those successes every day and those failures and those failures. Those are what make us who we are at the end of the day. Yeah, those short achievable goals, working yep. towards those long-term things. But you got to have those intermediate steps to right. know that you're on the right path or course correct or even change careers. And that's okay. Because sure. you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yep. So I just want to ask, you work with Capriotis and Wingzone. What is is Capriotis? 
So, oh my gosh, Capriati's is, so we've been around for, you know, going on 46 years now. It is a Italian style sandwich shop founded in Wilmington, Delaware in uh, 1976. We actually roast whole turkeys in house every day, hand pulled. We've got this amazing sandwich called a Bobby that's fresh roasted turkey, homemade stuffing, cranberry sauce. It's like Thanksgiving on a bun. I, it sounds uh, like my my ideal sandwich right there. Oh my gosh, we also have Wagyu cheesesteak. The only fast casual, you know, restaurant that has Wagyu on the menu. It's just absolutely amazing food that will literally blow your mind. It's so good. And so I don't yeah, think I I know of any. Where are they? So we're in 22 states. We're headquartered today in Las Vegas. So I know this is a little different than the rest of the talk, but a lot of folks get out of the military and they do these entrepreneurships, these multi-level marketing, selling all sorts of scents and candles and yeah. things. Yeah. Now, that's way different than a franchise, right? Oh, yeah. Way different. Way different. So what what is the difference? Franchising is really a model that it's really a proven model, a system where you can come in and replicate that model anywhere in the U.S. So in the restaurant business, what we do is we have an entire team of people that come alongside our franchise partners to help them find real estate, support them through that real estate process, support them through construction, train them, help them through their opening, and then provide them with long-term support that provides success. But it's really built on a successful operating model. And, and it's not on those systems where you're doing multi-level marketing or things like that. It's, it, it's really you out there by yourself with a bag of goods or a trunk of things to sell. But franchising is a whole different world. And there are brands out there that fit just about anything that you could get excited about from mini blinds to janitorial services to restaurant business, anything you want to get involved in. But just like anything else, it's unbelievably important to do your due diligence. Find those franchisors that truly align with who you are, where you are going to succeed personally, professionally, where your family can be successful and really create some long-term wealth uh, for you and your family. But I'll, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, finding that alignment with values and the people that are involved with the brand or brands that you can do business with for the next 20 years is really key. And there's so much information out there today on the internet, good and bad. I mean, you want to learn the bad as well as the good. And so talking with franchise partners, reading the franchise disclosure document, doing what we call due diligence to really understand how do I make money? And, you know, that's vastly different than vending machines or multi-level marketing or anything like that. And so those are definitely interesting things to get involved in, but you really don't have the same support systems to help you become successful. Look, we tell people all day long, you, you don't have to be an expert in the restaurant business, nor do you have to have ever been in business for yourselves. We've created processes and systems that all you have to do is follow those systems to, to be successful. So I, I think that's really the difference between franchising and some of those other activities out there. No, that's a great differentiation because a lot of folks I know get out and uh, even people in the service or mm -hmm. uh, spouses, mm -hmm. they're trying to make some extra money in times. Right. You know, I was reading the statistics of these multi-level marketing and like 99% lose money. Yeah. And that's that's a punch in the gut when you spend all this time and effort. Right. And you're 
less than you started. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but franchises are everywhere. Papa John's, McDonald's, every restaurant that you can think of as you go down the interstate. Right. Probably nine out of 10 or maybe even higher are franchises. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And again, there's levels of affordability for everybody. It's all about, again, asking those questions during that online research looking up those brands, discovering what might fit into your level of financeability, and again, doing that due diligence. I think the key to success for you in due diligence in, in a franchise is really understanding what, what am I going to have to do to make money and turn a profit in this business? And then also spending a lot of time talking with existing franchisees of that of that brand to really understand what their experience has been like. What would they do it all over again? Or are they glad they got involved with the system? You know, those types of things. And trust me, franchisees are going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And those are the ones that are going to be able to answer those questions. It's kind of like a lot of my friends that have stayed in the army or or they served and got out and you ask them, would you do it all over again? They're like, yeah, but I'd probably join the Air Force. So, <laughs> and that's a pretty consistent answer. And so yeah. I always okay. like, well, that's a good answer. That's an honest answer. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's sort of the same thing. And how you make those steps to accomplishing your goals, whether you want to work for yourself, which is really what a franchisee is doing, but within a structured so you don't have to make up everything yourself and be an expert in all those things. Exactly right. Exactly right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So we've been talking with Bruce Evans. He is a franchise expert and he served in the army and learned some awesome skills and and really wants to share these skills so that people that are getting out don't make the same mistakes, but also take the same right lessons about how to succeed as they get out, because it is a really challenging time. Bruce, I always ask everyone that comes on the show, what should I have asked you about but failed to? I think there's some areas where you ask sort of around this, but maybe not directly. And and I think maybe what shaped your life the most would be an interesting question. And look, in in answering that question, there's really two things. One, meeting my wife. Two, having three wonderful children. But then also, truthfully, my experience in the military. And those ideas of perseverance and finding what's meaningful and really that stick-to-itiveness and curiosity, those are all things that continue to shape my life every single day. Well, you asked a great question and you answered it like really amazingly. Uh, Having that support in your life is so critical. And we talk about the sense of uh, belonging uh, that sometimes veterans are missing when they get out. Yep. Uh, and finding that with family or, or relationships, that is so essential to becoming a well-rounded person so that you can go and succeed. We've Absolutely. Been, we've been talking with Bruce Evans. He's the vice president of franchise development, and he has been sharing some really interesting stories about how he was able to overcome some of these knockdown drag out career changes, working in a kitchen all through college and realized hey, this is a lot of work. I got to find something else. And then went into business and has been a real success because of the lessons he's learned in the military. Thank you so much for joining us, Bruce. My pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
Hey folks, Tyler here at Coming Home Well. I wanted to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp, for sponsoring our podcast. As a veteran-related podcast, we cover a lot of sensitive topics and difficult issues that our military service members face when they return home from war. One of the biggest challenges vets often face is the isolation of today's culture. Nine out of ten times, we prefer just to stay home. Maneuvering through all the chaos in today's society can be debilitating. So reaching out to someone who is qualified to help can be a starting point in moving forward. And that's why I'm proud to announce our connection with BetterHelp.com. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com. BetterHelp.com is one of the leaders in online counseling and will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So that's a great opportunity to talk to someone and you don't even have to leave your own couch to go sit on someone else's. If you go to betterhelp.com slash coming home well, you can be connected to a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're not comfortable talking over the phone, you could start by texting. They have video chat options, real time options, and you can meet weekly at the discretion of the counselor. Now, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. It is someone who's trained in handling veterans' issues and can help you tackle that mountains of struggles together rather than alone. If you go to betterhelp.com slash coming home well, you'll be automatically put in for a discount code of 10% off of your first month of therapy. If you don't see the 10% put on automatically, just put in the discount code coming home well, as this will also get your 10% off. If you're experiencing financial hardships, let them know. There is financial aid available in the form of an extra discount. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com backslash coming home well, all one word. They are great at what they do, and what they do is help us veterans to come home well. Thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well. Coming home well.